Hey guys, and thanks for watching IED Sports. This is our first ever IED Sports and non-productive crossover episode. We are here with uh, the, the the infamous Michael Kilroy, and we're here to talk about XFL football. Guys, thanks for joining us. This is IED Sports. So that time is upon us. The Super Bowl has ended and there's still football on TV. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Um, there's a lot of people who watch this who are going to be I-80 Sports subscribers that are not familiar with the non-productive. Mike, can you just real quick, um, if you can, in a couple words, sum up what the non-productive is and uh, your affiliation with that group? Well, they're a, uh, a podcast company. And they do all different types of podcasts, usually more in the um, nerd realm. Um, for them, I was doing a board game podcast called Best of Three. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, I know them from from that. They do uh, they do great live events. I went to a couple comedy nights years back. They talk about comic books and and all kinds of really fun stuff. Um, so if you're into that kind of nerd culture, um, head over to thenonproductive.com. You'll see a lot of uh, hopeful. Hopefully, we'll be doing doing some uh, cross media stuff. Um, but today, we are here to talk about XFL, and it is sports, and it's kind of wrestling too. So, I think we have a little bit of a of an in there. Of course, um, owned by McMahon, the uh, owner of WWE. Is that what they call it now? I believe so. I'm a little out of, outside of the the uh, wrestling loop. Um, threw a lot of money, had a lot of faith, took a bet on himself, as we like to say on in the industry, um, and. First thoughts. First thoughts about XFL. I watched all four games last weekend. Um, I know you got to, to, to watch a few of the uh, productions. What, what, what do you have for us, Mike? So, yeah, uh, I think so far it was a pretty good start to the weekend. Um, I know that, like, if you just look from it from the outside, it looks a little lopsided because the scores first three games were blowouts. And then but the last game was close. So, you know, you have that as a thing you need to that they, they got to worry about in the future. But for the most part, you know, for the casual fan, uh, for the, the dedicated fans, they got to see good games. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? Let's be fair. In American sports, blowouts aren't the worst thing that can happen on TV. In fact, you know, you look at last year's Super Bowl, one of the worst rated ever. Um, what was, you know, a game in single digits total score for most of the game. People hated it. So, you know, um, yeah, there were a couple of blowouts, a lot, lot of good football being played. Um, and for me, what, what was interesting was the quality was so much better. Um, of course, they tried the uh, AAF last year, and the quality was terrible. This, this had some good football. Um, today, we're not going to go a deep dive into talking about the games and the players, but we're going to talk about the the broadcast, everything overall. Um, what we thought, and the first thing we have to talk about is the changes in the broadcast for the XFL. First, Mike, there was no Booger McFarland. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a positive. <laughs> the guy's, uh, he's, 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 he knows things, but he doesn't know how to explain them correctly. He knows things. He, he's just trying the best to let everyone else not know that. Now, um, if you are a, a gambler like us at IED Sports, you know that they had live betting odds on TV throughout the games, which is a really, uh, uh, drastic swing. NFL has been kind of uh, trying to push away betting for the better part of a century, and this they just dove right in. Let's get at that NFL um, uh, live betting was really cool. Um, I feel that is going to make you know gamblers interested, whether or not the general audience is. It, that is going to pay. Um, that's that's really cool. Um, 
There, there were also, if we talk about the broadcast sideline reporters, did you, uh, what do you think about the guys running up to the players who just got a sack, who just made a big play and getting a camera shoved in their face? That that's kind of, you know, the, the wrestling so I, uh, mentality to me. I enjoy it a lot because it gets you the, you get the real raw emotion of these players and you get to see how they really feel after these plays. Like, you know, in the NFL, you see them do their dances and stuff like that. Like when Ray Lewis, you know, would get a good tackle, he would do that. Like, wolverine like thing that you know where he would <laughs> yeah, like yeah. flex and stuff like that you know and it, it's nice to then hear afterwards be like so you know you just got this big stop on third down tell me how does that feel and you know getting that is like so it, it pumps you up it's the reaction immediately it's not you know cold and calculated like the nfl tries to be at points however you do take the good with the bad and there were quite a few uh f-bombs being dropped on national television last week um but hey I'm here for it. I am here for sideline reporters. Um, I, I think the most memorable moment from the NFL that I can think of is uh, uh, Crabtree was shut down in in not the Super Bowl, but I think the championship uh, AFC championship game one year. And uh, Richard Sherman shut down Crabtree and, and runs up to Aaron Andrews like yelling in a in her mic. And that is like the most memorable interview ever. And it, it was this. It was live. It was right there. Um, so I definitely think that that is a plus and And they're taking the NFL on this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think that this is something that the NFL should consider, but won't consider. Absolutely will not consider. We are not going to see this anytime soon now. Um we, we talked about the broadcast um, on the field, but what about the broadcast booth? We heard live feeds of the coaches' headsets. We heard the plays being called. If you have a pretty good uh, football intelligence, you know when you hear, you know, 2-1-Z slant, you know, like, okay, 2-1, so there's two tight ends, one running back going to be in the formation. Um, the Z's running on a slant. Like, you kind of know what to look for already, and I think that that is... Um, you know, with, with with basic football knowledge, of course, these plays were simpler. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, why they were more simple than some NFL plays. But you knew what to look for before the play started. Like, oh, man, they're going to run to the outside on this look. And you know exactly where to pay attention. Um, what do you think that adds to the broadcast? I think it adds a lot to the broadcast for the more experienced fans who do understand football um, and aren't who are either former players themselves, you know, not necessarily in the professional but like semi-professional into college or even high school players, it makes them feel like that they are more part of the game itself by being able to be like hearing the plays and be like, oh, I know exactly what this is. And then they can point it out to other people. It's like watching someone play Madden in a sense, right? Right. Um, So I I definitely love that. It was like having two Tony Romos in the booth on every play, like just just straight predictions, uh, straight telling the audience exactly what was going on. Um, this, this did pay off. Um, I wrote a little bit about the ratings and some of the really cool stuff. Um, uh, we, when we talk about XFL, we think about the AAF and XFL 1.0 and, uh, you know, kind of the, the, uh, elephant in the room is, is how long is this going to last? Um, 3.12 million average viewers is about the same as inaugural AAF weekend, but those games went to TNT and, and uh, NFL channel afterwards. XFL is going to air Saturday and Sunday afternoons on ABC and Fox on ESPN, ESPN2, and Fox Sports 1, and Fox Sports 2. That is the WWE influence to me. That is uh, McMahon doing his job, um, making good preparations. Uh, a lot of people watch. Do you, what is the sustainability? Is this going to last? Are there uh, going to be as many? Are there going to be 3 million people that are going to tune in this week? Uh, I don't think it's going to 
I don't think it's going to fade as quick as the A. What was that? What is it? AF? AAF. I don't. I, I have no idea. I watched about five minutes. That's how bad it was. You know, I mean, I think this will go the whole season. There won't be any because the players are getting paid. You know, the big problem with the other league was no one was getting paid. Um, I think that this will probably the XFL will last probably minimum three seasons, in my opinion. Oh, wow. So you're, that, you're going past the one year. Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely think that they'll be able to keep it going because I think McMahon is so invested in it this time. Not that he wasn't last time, but well, I, feel I, like I, I think they, I think they were less the invested last time when I when I, you know, read up on how quickly the original XFL launched from conception to launch. It was like six months. This they've been planning for three years already, you know, and you have to take his prior failure. Hey, like, let's be real. Ed McMahon failed on XFL one. Um, you, you learn, you get experience. Absolutely. And then bringing in Oliver Luck really will help, will help, will help a lot with this. He's very, very good with uh, his knowledge of football and just sports in general and his way to getting the sport going and staying going. Absolutely. Now, when we talk about the actual uh, play on the field, we do want to talk about the rule changes. So uh, let's go over a few things that changed in um, the XFL as compared to the NFL and to college football. So the first major rule change and the one that I found the most interesting happens actually on kickoffs and kick returns and punts. Um, Mike, did, did you see that? They, they get a, a, a penalty. Um, the ball will be placed on the 35-yard line if any of these punts or kicks go out of bounds. That is a huge, huge punishment. 35 yards, <laughs> that's great field position. If the ball's even kicked in the end zone, they get it on the 35. They call it, I think, like a super touchback or, or oh, sorry, major touchback. Um, so that that's, you know, a, a big 10-yard, 15-yard in some cases difference. And uh, I am here for it. They want these players to return the ball. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about how they're going to make it more safe. But just with more balls in play, that's going to make the game more interesting, Mike. I, I agree. I think that it's this is actually the big rule change that I think the NFL should implement eventually i know that they you know the nfl doesn't it, like to always stubborn. change yeah they're <laughs> the no the no fun league as good. we say uh you know i it does account for player safety that we can talk about later but the, you know the fact that you're incentivizing you're, so you're not getting rid of the return game like the nfl currently is but you're also making the game safer for the players absolutely now for me, special teams, you know, if we talk about three, you know, the offense, defense, special teams, special teams is taking a backseat more and more. But with these new rules, you can really get some really great kicks. The The new rules, for those of you who, who haven't uh, been following, the receiving team blockers line up on the 30-yard line and the kicking team blockers line up on the 35, only five yards away after the kick is fielded. And of course, it must be in the field of play and is caught then those players unlock and are free to block. So we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, it basically looks like a, a line of scrimmage that these players are trying to burst through. There, there are bigger holes. We saw a couple of big returns. And to me, it just makes it more interesting. I don't want to see the same like three guys, you know, do fair catches all day. There's, you're, you're decentivized from fair catching. You want to get that ball. It's basically just a, 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 you have a 10 run, 10 yard uh, running head start, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things I actually miss about the NFL is the fact that you don't have those big plays anymore, especially off on kickoffs. You know, it's mostly just to start oh, the game. You, you can get on the 40 yard line back. on the very first game of play of the game. 40 yards. First play. Mm -hmm. You don't see that anymore in the NFL anymore. No. Um, of course, the NFL recently changed the rules um, to, to make 
more balls go and in a touchback. But here, of course, they have the major touchback again. You get the ball at the 35-yard line if that happens, um, which is a big boost. The kickers definitely want to kick, keep the ball inbounds and out of the end zone, which is something we we don't see too often. They're kicking it into some hands. Now, um, another big rule change, and uh, I really like this because I do enjoy college football, one foot inbounds for pass completions, same as college. And for me also, the burden of proof for a possession seemed a little bit lower. There were a few chances where um, a player caught the ball, came down and got popped and that ball came out and it stood as a fumble. Now in the NFL, it's so hard to tell what an actual completion is sometimes. You see these guys catch the ball, turn, take three steps, lose the ball and it's an incomplete pass. I I have no idea. I watch so much football, I could not tell you half the time if these are a complete pass or a fumble but here we know they're they're calling the fumbles those are loose balls yeah i mean i think that that is going to be a big impact on these particular games for the xfl uh, especially moving forward and from now on and then that will help them keep fans because uh, the transparency is is you know there's the nfl likes to hide things <laughs> that's where you get a lot of these speculations about oh the games are fixed this and that and here, the XFL is getting rid of that and making it so that it's like, no, everything you see, you see, you understand why we made these choices. And I think it's great for the game. Absolutely. And, and there's no review, but the refs and the booth can review. And when they do, they talk it out. You can hear them talking it out. You can hear them say, oh, well, he took one step. I don't know if I could turn. Can you tell from that angle? You kind of hear the give and take there, which I think is the transparency, is the transparency that that we all wish to see. And also... There's no, in the NFL, you need to call it like a fair ball and then you need, you know, unreasonable evidence to overturn a call. In the XFL, they're like, no, no, we don't need like unreasonable evidence. We just need like any evidence. Like what's the most likely call? We're not going to not overturn a call because there's a 5% chance that it's wrong. We're going to go with the 95%. And I feel like that within the NFL, the burden of proof is so high to overturn a call. It's just, it's a useless uh, to throw the red flag. Well, especially this year, as we even saw it in the Super Bowl, where it's like it you 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 know without that touchdown in the fourth quarter for the uh, for that essentially during the tide for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, did he fumble it out before? Did he fumble it before, or did he you know not fumble it, but did he get it over in time the pylon and stuff like that? Was he out of bounds before this and that? And the thing was, unless it is a hundred percent, you can see it in this exact angle that he was out of bounds. They're going to stick with it whatever the call was on the field. Absolutely. And and 95 to 5 is not fair. Like it's it it is 95% is clear and obvious to me. Really 65% is clear and obvious. If you're in politics, 52% is clear and obvious, you know? So it's like uh yeah, yeah that that was definitely nice to see. They're interested in getting the call right, not into sticking to some unwritten rule. Um as I see it in the NFL. Um, when we go on, one of my uh, other favorite rules, there's a 25-second play clock. I talked before a little bit about how um, plays were a little more simple, and this is one of the reasons why. Uh, Kevin, uh, uh, I used to call him Kill Drive, um, <laughs> offensive coordinator of the Giants, is now um, head coach for the Guardians, and he he isn't even calling plays because he takes too long, and he knows it, and he put it on his OC. <laughs> um, 25 seconds is not a long time to get set up. They're... Uh, 15 whole seconds more in the NFL. NFL's at 40 seconds. That's a long time in between plays. There is a new ref who's only a ball spotter um, who gets to just run around and spot the ball. As soon as that ball is spotted, boom, the play clock starts again and 25 seconds from there. That's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for 
picking up the pace of games. Um, I know that not everyone is. They're like, you got to stick with everything's traditional, this and that. But the thing is, modern viewers, they want things a little bit more faster pace. So, you know, when you're sitting there and you're waiting and they're using up that 20, that, I'm sorry, that 40 seconds. Every second of that 40 of it, seconds, yeah. You're just like, oh, all right. Can I, are they going to do anything? And then you still get delay of games in the NFL and they're using all 40 seconds. Absolutely. Now they're the, the play clock um, outside of two minutes, the play clock stops only until the ball is placed. And then um, it goes again, you get 25 seconds from there. Of course, the coaches can have, uh, can talk to the players in their headset, every position player, not just a quarterback. So that helps with 25 second rule too. the, uh, all the skill position player, the quarterback, the tight end, the wide receivers, the running back, they all have the coach in their head. So they all hear the play call clearly. And then the quarterback only has to uh, relay that information to the offensive line. Funny enough, there were many offensive line miscues, even though they're the only players getting, um, you, you know, told the plays, which which was a little odd to me. But I guess, you know, they're not NFL uh, offensive linemen for a reason. Um, in, inside of right. that, yeah. Inside of that two-minute warning, um, the clock stops. Um, it, it gets They run off five seconds in between plays. And again, the ball spotter places the ball and the clock is stopped until that happens. Plays out of bounds or incomplete passes stop the clock. Um, and that kind of, to me, the last two minutes seems almost as much as the first 13 minutes of each quarter because, you know, it's, it's like watching a basketball game. You know, it's intense um, and they really uh, they really work that clock in the last two minutes if need be, if the games are actually close. Yeah, I mean, you have, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm honestly on this one. I really don't. I don't. I don't really have much of an opinion. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I don't. You know, I don't. I. I don't know if necessarily the two minute was something that needed to be addressed in, in football. What What I would like to see is like in college where every first down stops the clock. Yeah, I can see that. Just much simpler rule. There you go. You're driving in the fourth quarter. You got 50 seconds on the clock. You don't need to bomb the ball. Get a first down. Clock stops. Next play. Get a first down. Clock stops. Yeah, I can see that. That's that's probably better option so xfl get on it you heard what we had <laughs> get on it go to college stop the clock on every first down um also only two timeouts per half i think i said that already no coach replay only from the booth um there's some other you know lesser things but uh you guys are gonna watch that um you're gonna see that as as the season progresses uh mike do you have any like final thoughts or anything else to uh, leave us with today i think that this was a great start for the xfl uh, if they can even just have the games keep up as entertaining as they were, they'll eventually get the fans. Like, I I know for a fact that this weekend, it's going to most likely be, I don't know if it's going to be like half the fan number of people, but it's going to be, a, there's going to be enough of a drop off that they, they're going to start worrying a little bit. But I think that that's just normal. And the more that they focus on quality of the game, the more they will get fans to watch. It was a cold, cold weekend and a lot of people showed up. Um, our uh, a mutual friend of ours, Mark, was, was at the game. Uh, well, I guess everyone on IED Sports knows who Mark is. Uh, Mark at IED Sports uh, bringing us some coverage from the game live. And uh, it just looked fantastic. They, they sold a lot of tickets. I think I read somewhere that more tickets were sold in the first game than in the entire AAF season. Um, I wow. have to double check those stats, but but I'd believe it. I mean, the, the lower bowl of those stadiums were were pretty busy to see these teams playing in what looks like, you know, 10-year-old mock-up sports uniforms but uh it was a great week uh mike where can we find you on the internet if we want to uh interact with you give a little uh plug for what you're doing yeah uh you can find me on non-pro i do well, i haven't i have a 
podcast there called Best of Three. Um, I'm also on YouTube. I have a, uh, a YouTube channel called uh, MJTCG, and there I open up uh, trading card games, and uh, that's really it. All right, you can find us at idsports.com. If you want to uh, check on our podcast, we are on every major podcast platform now. You name it, we are there. You check us on Facebook at the ID Sports Discussion Group. We have live threads up for every uh, football and soccer game all season long. You can also follow us on Twitter at i80 underscore sports. That is i80 underscore sports. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Hopefully, uh, we have a few more seasons of XFL to continue with this uh, great tradition of bringing you some XFL coverage on I-80 Sports. Guys, have a great week. Thanks.